This is my love letter to my fellow Kiwis on the, the dark anniversary of one year since this Labour government under Jacinda Ardern enforced the most brutish mandates, said if you don't take the jab, your jobs will finish on the 15th of November 2021. It has been such a difficult year for so many families and I can't even begin to tell you how many people have written to me to say it's destroyed my family life, it's destroyed my friendships, it destroyed my relationships with my colleagues. Nobody seems to care. I feel so alone. How could New Zealand have become this? How could this government do this just because I chose not to put a medical procedure into my body, which is what this, I can't call it a vaccination. It's not a normal vaccination. I called it a jab in my first love letter because there's such a violence to that word jab. And the government adopted that violent word jab, didn't they? Because they have been violent. They've been violently cruel with the people of New Zealand. And we were, and I believe we will be again, a gentle people, a people known for our kindness to one another, for our brotherhood and sisterhood, for looking out for each other when things got difficult, for neighbourly reaching out. And what did this Prime Minister say around that time a year ago? Don't talk to your neighbours. Don't reach out. Be in your bubble. Pull back. Spy on each other. Report people who turn up to places without masks on and without and, and maybe go into somebody else's bubble without permission. Horrible, petty, mean, grimy government. Grimy, dark and dour, like East Berlin under the Stasi. And what have they just done? We've had this prime minister, it's been kept very quiet in New Zealand, go to the United Nations, to the horror of other media outlets around the world and lecture the world from her pulpit at the United Nations, which is looking more and more corrupt itself, and saying, words can be so powerful and dangerous, and anybody who uses words wrongly anywhere in the world, we should go after them, because there is, according to Jacinda Ardern, only one source of truth. And of course, she threw around words that are meaningless. Disinformation, misinformation. What do those words even mean? from a government? Do they mean you will adopt our perspective on the world, everybody in New Zealand, or we will come after you? Look up Rebecca Kitteridge, the very odd woman with the curl in the middle of her forehead, and a very cruel face. I can't say any more than that. A woman who could stand up in the last month and suggest now that we spy on one another still, going forward, that we report each other to the SIS. If you overhear anybody saying anything you don't like, ring us. Well, I suggest all Kiwis ring and report this Prime Minister for what she's done to us in the last year. Just say I wish to register that there is somebody who has terrorised the whole country and ipso facto, therefore, is a terrorist. No Prime Minister should have done what she did a year ago. No Prime Minister should have excluded thousands and thousands of Kiwis. And don't forget, they were cynical enough to change the definition of suicide. They knew 
what it would do to many sensitive, vulnerable, honourable, hard-working, loyal Kiwis who were suddenly thrown out as if they didn't matter, as if their years of service didn't matter to this country, to their employers. They knew there would be a large proportion committing suicide. And that has been the case. I've had many, many people reach out and tell me about that. Equally many who don't want to talk publicly, who are still traumatised, who are, who are suffering a lack of confidence that I've never seen in this country. And what did they do? They changed the suicide definition to accidental death so that in the measuring of actual suicide statistics it wouldn't look so devastating for this government. The actual suicides would be hidden. On that note, if you are desperate, if you are feeling still no hope, I have another message tonight. There is enormous hope from all of this ghastliness. It's strange to say that. There have been times this year that I, like you, have just felt exhausted and lacking in the energy to keep going in some ways. But always I do, because always I hold on to the knowledge, and it is a knowing, that love, in the end, will win over evil. Love always wins. And the more of us who stand up with courage, the more of us who speak out, the more of us who find that place of, I don't care what friends or family or former friends or anybody says about me, I will be true to what I believe. I will speak out. I will stand up and say no to this government. I will stand in groups with my fellow Kiwis who are brave. I will find the freedom groups. I will do something to stop this government overreach. Each day you stand up and take a mask off and never wear a mask again. Each day you refuse to tittle-tattle on your neighbours or your fellow Kiwis. Each day you write a letter to a politician and say, you have been shameful in what you've done to us. Those are acts of quiet, powerful courage that send out waves of courage that affect all the people in your circles. So keep standing up. Keep researching, keep reaching out for information, keep joining freedom, so-called freedom groups or groups that want democracy in New Zealand. Keep reaching out with kindness to somebody in a shop, no rudeness, but quietly saying, why are you wearing that mask? You know it's really bad to breathe in your waste material, your carbon dioxide. You really should take the mask off and breathe in fresh oxygen. If nature had meant us to cover our mouths, we would have been born with muzzles over our beautiful open mouths that are meant to get oxygen in every day so our brains work well, so we can critically think. But there are other reasons to feel hopeful. Please don't despair. Please reach out and tell someone if you are feeling down. But know this, from this horror is emerging the beginnings of a new New Zealand. So many people now are awake to the corruptions across the world in political leaders. So many people are saying, I'm not going to just follow what a politician tells me. I will question them. I may or may not do what they ask. 
I'm going to be very careful about who I vote for in 2023. Many people are saying I'm going to take my children out of school and homeschool them and teach them to be critical thinkers, not little robots following orders. There are many beautiful people thinking about different ways of health and going to alternative, so-called alternative, which should be mainstream health beyond the drugs, beyond the big pharmaceutical, certainly beyond the things that get pushed deep inside your veins and have caused so many Kiwis injuries. There is still the beauty of all the Kiwis who've reached out at the end of interviews that we've done on FreeNZ and put money in the bank accounts of injured people, of people like Steve Oliver, who've been gone after by the ghastly WorkSafe New Zealand with fines so that he can go to court, stand up to them, show the judge how dishonorable this was and that it wasn't legal for the government to mandate people out of jobs. And yes, there are still those who are really sad and who are coming to terms with that. But they are starting to speak out. And at the end of this little message, I'll show you one from a program that I do every week called AMOA, A-M-O-A. There's a Facebook page for AMOA, but it goes out on Farmer James, it goes out on John O'Fru's page, it goes out on Teacher Joe's page, and it goes out on Free NZ Media's page. AMOA means a matter of authenticity. It's just a way to say, be real, speak your truth, be fearless. Don't ever kowtow to somebody that you don't respect like this government. And this is a letter that I got today, or we all did actually, from a gorgeous woman whose name I won't say, but I will read the words she writes because it's really relevant to this anniversary. Liz, Jono, James and Joe. This has taken me a good week to write, but I wanted to say a heartfelt thank you for being so brave to all speak your truths and welcoming us all into your lives as you share parts of yourselves online. I look forward to every Friday, my therapy session. We go out on a Friday at 9.30 every week and we just talk among ourselves and we talk to our fellow Kiwis and we often have guests on as well who are very real Kiwis. The idea is to remind everybody of the New Zealand we had and the New Zealand we will create again, and perhaps even better than we had before. Last Saturday was a year to the day, she writes, that I went and got the you-know-what, because I was not brave enough to say no. That line made me feel so sad reading it. To anybody who's just waking up now, who may have had things put in them to go along so they could survive, so you could survive, so you could keep a roof over your family's heads, but you went in knowing you didn't want it. Please feel no shame. It's not about shame. Just come and join all the other Kiwis who are standing up and saying no more, no more of this nonsense, and never again will I let a government bully me. We will just welcome you with open arms. There's no judgment. There's no condemnation. This was a massive psyop, a psychological operation on the people of New Zealand. We've been lied to, we've been misled, we've been told dogma instead of true information. They must have known that Pfizer never tested this to see if it would stop transmission. That was admitted to a couple of weeks ago 
by a Pfizer executive who said, no, 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 we never tested it to see if it would stop transmission. And that's how it was sold to us by our government and around the world. That alone is evidence that should be enough to take down this government. But still they come out with their propaganda and still they spin it and still they try to inveigle Kiwis into having something that more and more evidence is shown to be linked with grave injuries, over 70,000 injured on the MedSafe site. And that's the government official recording. There are probably many more. And with deaths, many deaths, many people calling me, many people writing letters saying, I know I lost my son, my father, my mother, my sister to this, but I can't get a coroner's report. There just aren't enough there to do the reportage. I need proof. And yet my instinct says it was this that caused it. Please don't feel shame. Feel proud that you're waking up now. She writes, so I wanted to show my gratitude to you all and to everyone who did say no, to those who lost their careers, their livelihoods, and who stood up for their beliefs to everyone who has been fighting the fight of our lives. Thank you. The silver lining of what this government has done, she writes, to our beautiful country, is that it's connected people in ways we probably never thought possible. It's brought you four together, and I, for one, am so incredibly grateful for this. I really look forward to your chats each week as you show up, and you encourage others to speak their truths. You encourage open conversations, honesty, and you do give me hope. Sorry, Jono, but you do. You give me hope that one day New Zealand will become this amazing place, a free New Zealand, where we help one another up, where we share our skills and knowledge with each other, where we become more self-sufficient and less reliant on big corporations and hopefully can have less government in our lives. Liz, I remember when your first video came out. I remember sitting watching you and I was feeling all the feelings you were. You spoke to me. I could feel your anguish. Your passion was honestly so brave and so raw. And I'm so glad you did, despite the personal attacks I'm sure you had from others. You're a pleasure to listen to and bring such a positive energy. Thank you for what you're doing. Jono, you blow me away. I went back and listened to Amoa from the very beginning and wow, your stories are amazing and resonate a lot with me. I also have a nine going on 10 year old daughter and six year old son. I have an alcoholic father that I no longer have anything to do with. He'd go off each weekend to chop down firewood too. I had a laugh when you shared that of your own father. Thank you for being so open and sharing your journey. I'm pretty sure you're meant to be here to play an important role in this new New Zealand we're going to create. And then she writes, surviving head on two car accidents as John O'Fru did is pretty impressive. Have found it super interesting also listening to you talk about the soil and the land. You seem such a genuine guy with a lot to share and I hope you continue to do so. James, ha! there are so many things I want to say to you but a Big thanks to Steph, his wife, for allowing you to continue with what you've started. We need you. You're an incredible person from what I can tell. And Bronson is one very lucky kid to have you both. 
I love seeing your farm life and learning all about it. I feel sort of like an imposter some days in the area we live. I would love nothing more than to be living off the land with some animals around. Who knows what the future will bring for us, but right now I'm just going to work more on becoming my authentic self and you speaking out have encouraged some change within me. Thank you, James, for what you're doing. Without sounding too much like a dick, I think you're pretty awesome. Joe, who was let go as a teacher just a month ago because he spoke his truths, he was let go by the headmaster of Rangiora High School. He was let go for being a Kiwi in a supposed democracy, speaking out about what his beliefs were. And he's bravely gone on to scaffolding this incredible teacher who's now been lost to all those pupils who would have benefited in their end of year exams from him. So she writes, Joe, what were they thinking? How could any school let you go? It is beyond me. If we could all have been so lucky to have a teacher like you, maybe things would have been different. Who knows? I hated school. I loved seeing my friends and having fun, but I couldn't focus. I had stuff going on at home that I had no idea was an issue. And most likely the reason I couldn't focus until just recently when you all started talking about it. Of course, living in fight or flight is going to impact a child. But when no one else knows about it, how can they help? You bring so much to the chats each week, Joe, and I thoroughly enjoy listening to you. I'm sure they'll see how wrong they have been to treat you this way at Rangiora High. But it might be too late. You will have created this new way of teaching children, much like you're teaching us adults to be better versions or stronger versions of ourselves. Thank you, Joe. And then she goes on. I have my own story to tell, which one day I just might. But the gist is that due to having an abusive alcoholic for a father, I was a people pleaser, and I now know that my childhood is part of why I'm like that. I've learned a lot about myself in this last year. I've never felt confident enough to voice my own opinions for fear of rejection. And this is a real key. I think this is one of the things that's happened across New Zealand. A year ago, so many people lacked the confidence to say, this doesn't feel right and I won't do this. But now, now, thousands of us, millions of us, are starting to wake up and say, I'll speak out fearlessly. I needed to be liked. I needed to feel useful. I needed not to stand out, and I avoided confrontation at all costs. When two friends started putting pressure on me late last October, I cracked. I went down a very scary path, and I'm so thankful I'm not afraid to ask for help. Clearly, one strength of mine that I am grateful for. I turned to my GP in tears, hidden behind a mask. I hate myself for that. But I was stuck living in fear, playing right into their hands. There was no way my husband was going to take the jabs. And I couldn't shake the worry that if something was to happen to one of my kids and they needed to go to hospital or fly to Starship for whatever reason, that I wouldn't be allowed to go with them. I couldn't stop thinking about it. I couldn't stop worrying. Anxiety was crippling me. I lost weight I didn't have to lose. I was waking up every morning, dry retching. I needed help. This is what people have gone through in the last year.
thousands of us have gone through levels of anxiety unheralded in this country thanks to a government that we voted in to look after us, to make our lives run more smoothly, to be, to be good. I was going to say be kind. can't even use that word since she prostituted it with her insincerity. A government is meant to look after the people, help their lives, help the community, help society work more smoothly, more cohesively. And this government has done the direct opposite of all of that and much worse. I was waking every morning dry reaching. I needed help. Reluctantly, I went back on antidepressants for a short period, she writes, so I could clear my head. I regret that now, but I was so, so unwell and I know my body. I knew I wasn't going to shake that feeling without some help. And at this stage, just get the help that you need to everybody. Reach out and get help. My GP listened to my worries, yet still told me to get the jabs, to protect others. That's the only reason we get any vaccine, apparently, to protect others. She admitted I was young, fit and healthy, so I would be absolutely fine if I caught it. Yet she sent me away with a printout of ridiculous information that I stupidly accepted. And when I was feeling out of my fog, I went and did it. November the 6th. 2021. The nurse asked me if I consented. I looked away. I said, just do it. You tell me if that is consent. I held a protection rock in my hand. I truly believe someone was watching over me. I had no side effects whatsoever. And even the second shot in December, I was fine. To this day, I tell myself, I got the placebo. I was one of the lucky ones. I got to participate in life, take my kids swimming, go to the gym, which is a huge part of my life and my mental health. I got to be invited out for drinks with friends, although I declined for the most part as I honestly didn't want to be around any of them. I did all this because I wasn't strong enough in myself to say no. I still felt I had to please others. I am so angry at this government for making me have to choose. I know I made the choice in the end and I stand by it for the most part, although I feel gross about it still. There was no way in hell I was taking the third shot, however. I did the right thing, two shots for summer, and I will never, ever do that again. So I'm thankful in a way this has happened, as I have learnt from this awful experience. Funnily enough, I was the one to contract COVID first in our family, the only vaccinated one. I picked it up at the gym, where everyone has to be vaccinated, and I passed it on to all of them. I was also the one with the most symptoms, and I contracted the awful flu in July also that no one else in my family got. Not much else to say about that. Even as I write this, I shake my head. I was feeling so much anguish back then also. I, I realized I was grieving our past life. It was such an intense feeling. I was grieving for all the people struggling financially, worse off than us. My mum was struggling to make rent on the house we owned. 
I was grieving for those who couldn't say goodbye to loved ones, grieving the childhood my kids are missing out on, a free one, like we had, where the streets were safe and we could run through the neighbours' yards and be out until after dark. I was struggling not being able to smile at strangers and make small talk in the supermarket. All of this was weighing so heavy on my heart. I look at this now as something that was necessary in order to move forward, for me to grow, to learn about myself. I had the awakening I needed. I met a new friend one day in the schoolyard as we said hello as our children were becoming friends. I knew nothing about her and with one comment we connected instantly. I truly believe we were meant to come into each other's lives and I'm so grateful for her. I believe now we are meant to experience this darkness in order for the light to shine brighter and one day it will. Of that I am certain. My husband, who I'm also so incredibly grateful for, we've been together over 20 years now and he's supported me through everything. I know it killed him to see me go off and get those shots, but he never asked me not to and he knew I had my reasons. He gave up his passion of jiu-jitsu where he holds a purple belt. He gave it up for five months. The owner of his club, who he held in so much respect, died on Boxing Day of a massive stroke. I talk about you all like I know you also. My husband comes home from work and I share any content you've shared during the day on a mower. He laughs, but he's actually so grateful I've found a mower. He's always been awake, but never pushed anything on me. Right back to when we had our children, he told me he tried to talk about the normal childhood vaccines, but I apparently ignored him and said, of course they're getting them, no doubt in my mind. Not that I'd done a shred of research myself back then. I just did what I thought I had to do and what was apparently best for my children. He sees the change in me and how far I've come in just a year and he thinks it's awesome. I have a long way to go to having the confidence you all have. And we don't have a whole lot of confidence. There is a confidence that comes from just being real. There is an ease and a flow when you're not telling any bullshit and just saying your truth from your heart. I have a long way to go, she says, to having the confidence you all have. But the first step was in April after I had, I had COVID. I took off my mask. The first day I went into the supermarket free-faced was so liberating. I realise this is now a novel, so thank you if you've taken the time to read it. Oh, we did. All of us did. I most definitely don't expect a reply. I've already sent one to you. But wanted to say again how grateful I am to you all for creating this wee community. And I sincerely hope it continues to grow. I'd love nothing more than to sit around one day with you all, share some food and some stories, and inspire one another. I'm so mad I somehow missed the Farmer James tour. It must be time for another one. Perhaps in the new year, an Amoa tour. I've just finished listening to this week's episode as we headed down to Geraldine for our annual camping trip. I was brought to tears listening to you, Joe. You'll go far, kid. I just know it.
Thank you all so much for what you're doing. I truly appreciate you all. Now the thing about Amoa is we do it because we truly appreciate you all. You are our fellow Kiwis. You've all suffered. I don't know one Kiwi who hasn't suffered. Perhaps the Prime Minister. Perhaps as many Kiwis feel, she doesn't feel anything. But I wonder, and I know that if she hasn't suffered yet, her future is bleak. The blood on her, on her hands will weigh heavy, heavy with each passing year for what she has done to us. But we are strong. We're wounded, but we're resilient. We will heal from this if we can love one another, care for one another, be kind to one another in the real sense of caring and nurturing and honouring and respecting and listening and liking and loving each other. Please, New Zealand, do this. Wake up, research, find groups, speak to Kiwis every single day, have a conversation about how what's been done has been wrong, but we can change it. Unite, refuse ever to dob in your neighbour, your colleague, even someone you don't like, unless it's Jacinda Ardern and her Labour and Greens cohort. That's okay, then you can ring the SIS. Anything else, ignore. That is an evil thing that this government has tried to put in place and we are ignoring it. Most of us are ignoring it. We will overcome. And please, Rangiora High School, please offer Joe back his job because I want to end with my friend, Teacher Joe, from the Amoa series. He was talking about it being a year anniversary today, a year since those dreadful mandates ruined so many Kiwi lives. And I said to him, but Joe, have you had any gifts from that as well? And he leant right into the camera and he gave us all his heart, his absolute manly heart. And that's what I want to finish with here, this love letter to you all. May we unite. May God defend this beautiful country from evil. And we will help him. We will help the divine source by coming together. Thank you. Um, to all those people that um, there's a date coming up very soon. 15th was a lot of um, a lot of people's last day at work. Some people haven't been to work um, since then, um, especially those, you know, anybody and everybody who was mandated out of work, especially to all, you know, the educators, um, you know, the field I was in, and especially to all the health workers and, and there's, you know, all the other um, working you know, people in, throughout New Zealand um, that were affected by the mandate. So, yeah, my thoughts and the thoughts from the panel here on the more, um, all going out to you, you know, for, for next Tuesday. Yeah, massive times. I've got people contacting me about it already um, and, you know, what I'm going to do. And I haven't, you know, haven't had a great amount of time to think about what I'm going to do. But um, you know, I'm probably going to spend it with, with some people who, you know, I share that, that, you know, that incredibly difficult time but also that time of, you know, great freedom and, and you know, I guess it, you know, in some ways re release out of a system that um, that wasn't healthy for me and for my mind. And, 
and that's had masses masses of effects on on you know people and families and livelihoods and everything like that so if you've got a moment uh, next tuesday um to, to think about all those people um or you know someone go and give them a visit see how they're getting on um you know it, it's yeah masses you know it was an incredible time um for new zealand and, and a lot of people did it and continue to do it pretty hard um given you know the decision by the labor government aren't celebrating well, that one are we james it wasn't, mm. it wasn't um wasn't really just the labor government no one really no it was it goes goes far deeper than that yeah um joe that was can a, i just say oh, james that was so incredibly well articulated so just thinking about that the 15th of november 2021 this time last year all these mums and dads all these good hard-working kiwis who'd given so much to their jobs and been loyal employees so many have reached out you see the hurt in their faces like I gave mm. everything to my job. Someone who was on a, you know, who works with me now, who was who was on a reception desk in a medical practice, you'd say, oh, that's a job that's easy to replace. No, she loved that job. She got on well. One of her best friends was also there, didn't have the courage to, to say, stay true to herself. She lost that job. I know that her illness in the years since has been partly that grieving. So many people affected. And the way you put that, Joe, man, that is one big heart. What just before we move on, James, what do you reckon, Joe, if we're going to talk positives? Because you know that thing I said last week, they meant it for evil, and God or the divine means it for good. The universe means it for good, whatever your belief is. What good has come out of that for you? You talked about freeing out of a system. Can you talk about that a bit more? So people who are grieving can think, shit, he's right. Something good did still come out of that nightmare. 15th of November 2021. What, what good's come out of it, Joe, do you reckon? Just before you I guess. start, Joe, just before you <laughs> okay. start. Yep. Just one that I'd like to add, but just timing's too good. This is the one time where unemployment should wear a badge of honour. Yes. Like those, those people that said no and chose their health over their job, far out. That takes some courage. Well done at this year. Mm. Love that, Jono. Mm. Joe, for you, there's a lot of emotion behind this. What, what, you know, in all the ghastliness and the hurt, the betrayal, here's a teacher who has worked, given everything to his job. That's you. Loved those kids, cared about their futures, and you're just tossed out. So many have said, I was tossed out without even so much as a goodbye. Talked to some NZ Defence people this week. He said, I've, I've just been tossed out without even a call from the from my superiors. Who are not superior, by the way. <laughs> mm. Sorry, I had a bit of a raw nerve there, Liz. I guess what's got through, uh, me through it um, is a pretty amazing family, a pretty amazing um, community, you know, I, I got a lot of people put their faith in me, um, gave me the opportunity to stand up and speak out, and you know, moments like this, a lot of times to wear my heart on my chest, and um, 
it's it's been ultimate freedom. It's given me this this courage as though I have. I'm sorry, I'm just gonna say I've got a, a Superman badge on my on my chest. Because there's no there's no fear. Fear doesn't even enter into my life anymore. I'm just here for the people. I'm here for good. Because there's there's this ignition and human consciousness and ignition and the human spirit doesn't matter what it can never be just you know they can't distinguish that flame they can't they can't take it out it can't be it can't be taken away and knowing that and despite the hardship we've been through despite the continued hardship we may ha have to go through you know there's hundreds and thousands and millions of people here in New Zealand, you know, those numbers are smaller, but internationally, worldwide, that are standing up to the injustice, standing up for what is right. And and that just gives me so much heart. You know, I've had so many people reach out and just say, you know, hey, you're doing well. And to come on with you three and to share the experiences that we've had, and, you know, being part of this crew, that means, you know, Oh, that's the day I look forward to, the morning I look forward to. The times I had with driving around with Farmer James, just were incredible. And I know there's greater and better times to come. So that's what gives me ultimate courage. Gives me gives me the meaning of life right now, really. Yeah, it's it's um pretty cool times and you know, these things that have come from the council and stuff who should be there to, to, you know, help us and support us. And, you know, we should live in a caring community where we know all our neighbours and, and, you know, we enjoy life. But, you know, life has become a, such a struggle for so, so many. So I think, you know, when I said last week, you know, what's if you mean to me, you know, mean to you, you know, so so I'm, I want to just be there for everybody. I can't all the time. And there's a lot of people that you know i guess rely on me especially in the community to stand up and speak out so that's what i'll continue to do and, and i know i'm just you know going to get um going to get stronger stronger doing that and and if you're out there listening today and, and you know someone needs a bit of help and support get out there and do it and you know i you know sometimes things just fall in their lap i was talking to you before about you know, hopefully having um, you know, starting up a, a nephew group or, or something, or you know, you know, someone just came up and said there's this opportunity to speak at a, at a group on the Sunday. Twitter. Yeah, I'm there. <laughs> you know, we'll see what can come out of that. So, you know, good things happen to good people, and and then hopefully that's one of the reasons why I'm here. Sorry, you had a raw nerve there, Liz. Thank you. Joe, you are you are one special human being. And you don't need to get one ounce stronger because I worked out years ago, oh, well, only the strongest humans, men have the strength to be vulnerable. It takes enormous strength in a man to really open that heart space like you did. And I think there'll be so many people around the country that that will help release something and face up to next Tuesday. I'm wondering how we can help more. What did you feel, Jono, when you heard what Joe was saying there? I'll tell you exactly what I heard. I heard the words of Victor E. Frankel, which is, no matter your circumstances, I'll paraphrase it, even when all is taken away from a man, the one thing that cannot be taken away is how you respond 
to your circumstances, or in other words, your spirit. That's the one thing that cannot be taken away ever. And when Victor E. Frankel was in Auschwitz, watching everyone around him be slaughtered or die of disease, what he noticed was the ones that held on to their spirit, their sense of being, they were the ones that were not only not taken out by disease, but they were also the ones that were not taken out by the soldiers because they saw fight in these people. So they were useful to have around. So yeah, what I saw was, man, even when your whole world was coming down around you, Joe, the one thing that can't be taken away is your heart. Beautiful.